Hi everybody, the George Wilder Jr. Hi everybody, the George Wilder Jr. show is now on the air. finest internet radio show making a world a better place one show at a time the george water jr show is now on the air take it away dad
All right, welcome. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It's like I'm starting all over again from scratch. We've just had, um, I've been doing some other things, writing and taking care of family and all that kind of thing. And, you know, uh, we all have to do that. We've got, you know, so we can't, you know, uh, pay attention sometimes to the things we really want to do because there's other things that are, are uh, uh, urgent, you know, like family and <laughs> and errands and paying bills and, and um, you know, trying to stay above the fray. All right, anyway, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It is great. It is Columbus Day <laughs> at the broadcast of this show, Columbus Day, yeah. And it, it's, I'm, I'm going to say for the city of Chicago, it's been a great weather day. It feels like summer, folks. And it's October, what is it? Uh, October 9th, October 10th. Uh, it feels 2017, in case you are uh, broadcasting, uh, uh, podcasting this show earlier or later, whatever. And um, it feels like summer in October. I know winter is coming. I know it's around the, it's not around the corner. It's, pro- it's probably nip and tuck right here. But anyway, it, it's beautiful. And we're going to, we're not, we're going to take advantage of these beautiful days as, as, as they come. I call them balmy. You know, because it's way way above uh, normal temperatures. You know, and I'm I'm not thinking or trying to repeat what I hear on television or or at some of the weather uh, studios or weather channel. I'm just saying it feels like it's above uh, uh, above normal temperatures, especially when you're living near the lake. It's always supposed to be cooler near the lake, but it it feels it feels hot and kind of muggy. So anyway, uh, wherever you are in the world, I hope it's nice where you are, and hope you having some balmy weather too. As long as it's great, it's great weather for getting outside, you know. And this is great outdoor weather, you know. Even though daylight saving time is um, days are getting shorter, of course, and then we have daylight saving time coming up in November, days will get even shorter. But at, at knowing all of that, we should try to enjoy the weather. Uh, no matter where you are in the world, no matter where you are in America, if it's nice, if it's, if it's okay where you are, enjoy it. Enjoy it. I know some people can't enjoy it because they're still suffering from those devastating earthquakes in Mexico. Some people are still trying to rebuild uh, Texas from the Texas flood and the hurricane there. And how can we ever forget Maria and Harvey and uh, Irma? And now they're talking about a hurricane called called Nate, N-A-T-E, Nate, Hurricane Nate, along the Gulf, you know. And there's also, I'm hearing, there's an, another hurricane. I, I forgot the name of it, but there's so many. How can you remember all of these names of these hurricanes, twisters, tornadoes, you know. But um, if you can enjoy this weather, the, the last gasp of uh summer or fall uh, but no matter you know what you're getting if it's nice if it's really nice enjoy the weather get out walk walk around walk your neighborhood you know uh enjoy the weather enjoy nature while, while it's here because you know once when winter comes and it's 20 below zero or more you're gonna be <laughs> freezing we're all gonna be freezing our asses off 
And so it's good. <laughs> it's good to uh, uh, enjoy the good weather as we see it. So get out there and enjoy it. I mean, hey, wow, make some memories, right? All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Commentary, insights, opinions, and laughs. I never thought this show uh, <laughs> was funny. You know, so I, I've had people tell me that George is so funny. Well, if I am, you know, it's just natural and I actually don't try to be because I try to be as serious as a heart attack on this show, you know, because of what's, what we're going through and Donald Trump and that mess and, and the White House and in Washington. I try to be as serious. But, you know, a lot of times you just can't be serious all the time. You got to take the edge off. You know, I, a lot of people are feeling down and depressed and, you know, uh they're crying about what's going on in the world and tornadoes or the wildfires out in California. You know, it's so easy to get in to, to uh, start to feel worthless or depressed because the world is just <laughs> going to hell in a, in a handbasket, um, has gone to hell in a handbasket, especially America. But, but I always say, keep, keep your chin up, keep, stay positive. All we got to do all we have to do, all we have to do is keep our heads about ourselves, think logically, think intelligent, uh, be creative, be talented, and know that things aren't what they should be now. Things aren't what we want them to be, but we can always change things ourselves. We can change the way the world is if we just stop feeling sorry and depressed and helpless as if we can't do anything about nothing. And then you're sitting around waiting for some Messiah or some great leader to come along to take you out of bondage. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> uh, I've known people like that and know people like that. They sit around and just sitting around, do not like what's going on in government, do not like what's going on in America, but they don't do anything about it. They just sit there and hoping somebody will show up, maybe Obama, and take them out of there uh, and fight Trump for them. It's not going to happen, folks. There are, I keep saying this, there are 327 million people in America. We have to take charge of our own situations. We... Uh, we can speak loud in massive crowds and in massive numbers protesting. We have the power to change things. Every, for example, every time they try to repeal Obamacare and throw millions and millions and millions of people off their health care, people shouted, people called, people flooded the Capitol building. I mean, did you see them? You saw them throwing people out, handicapped people out of the Capitol building. That spoke volumes. This is why they can't pass these, these, this horrible legislation that they keep trying to pass. Because this is not uh, something that's being done by Obama. This is not something that's being done by Hillary or Bernie Sanders or any other politician in office. This is being done by the American people. You've stopped this horrible bill from going through. You've saved your health care. You saved it. You didn't depend on some Democratic or independent or liberal politician to save your uh, health care. You've done that so far. 
You've done it. The, the American people's done it. But you know what? These politicians, especially the Republicans, they don't like when, whenever they fail in trying to get to repeal Obamacare, they never give credit to the American people who actually stopped it from passing. They always saying, well, we didn't have enough votes. Well, the reason why you didn't have enough votes is because each and every one of those senators, they have a constituency. They have voters to go back to. Their voters didn't want this, so that's the reason why they didn't vote for it. That's the reason why this particular senator didn't vote for that bill, because they know, because he knows he, he would be hurting the people who voted for him and put him in office. So therefore, the people won. But, you know, Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, these guys... They will never, ever say that uh, the people won this. This was a people victory. They'll say things like, well, it, we didn't have the votes. We, we never had the votes. So it doesn't look like we had the votes. If you don't have the votes, it means the people are getting, the, getting in the asses of their elected officials saying, we don't want this. If you, if you vote for this horrible bill, then that's your job. And these people want to keep their jobs. And... You know, that's the the long and short of it. You know, and we're going to keep hearing things like, you know, well, we didn't have the votes. Every time they fail on on uh, on a bill or something, we don't we don't have the votes. And right now I'm hearing that Donald Trump is going to. Since they can't actually repeal Obamacare, I'm hearing that Donald Trump is going to try to destroy it. He's just going to let it just. Uh, and he said this several times before, before, and I believe it. He's going to uh, destroy Obamacare with an executive order. I don't know if he can do that. Maybe he can, but someone should probably feel me on it if he can uh, uh, do that. Maybe he can. He's president. He's got the power. And I'm hearing that he is probably going to try and do something like that, kill it. Uh, because he's, he's, he's trying to roll back everything that Obama has done. And if, if Obama has done it through executive order, it's easily for him to roll, roll it back because all he has to do is just erase it off the book. That's it. It doesn't have to go through any kind of a legislative, uh, any kind of a vote from uh, the Senate and the representatives. It, he can just wipe it off the books and no more. It's no more. So he, he, has, he can do that and he's done it. <laughs> and it's a shame that uh, Donald Trump is just totally, totally um, erasing, erasing. He, he's erasing everything good that Obama has done. Because Trump don't know jack about his job. If he knows anything at all, there's people around, around him telling him what to do and how to do it. And then he decided he's going to do it his way, <laughs> as always. But... Um, it's no time to uh, feel depressed. Well, Donald Trump, oh my God, people are hating each other. Oh, well, you have to um, get out of that uh, kind of a demeanor. You have to, you know, I mean, as I've said before, you can moan and groan. I mean, that's, that's natural. That's uh, uh, good, but you can't moan and groan forever. You have to... Uh, Get up out of that muck, uh, out of your depression, out of feeling worthlessness, worthlessness, I thought easy for me to say, <laughs> out of feeling worthlessness, worthlessness, and get out there and change things. Nobody's going to come to your rescue and make things better for you. 
you got to make things better for yourself. As long as you, as long as you got a voice and you have a brain and you thinking uh, logically, you can do this. You know, you, you can do this. You can do this, but if you're going around feeling like I can't, you know, things are just a mess. Yeah, they are, but it's going to take you, me, and everybody else to change it. There's 327 million Americans in the United States, and there's only a couple hundred or so Republicans. How in the hell, what's wrong with that picture? Americans in big numbers, we can make a change. We don't have to let a few rich, white, old men, racist old men, dictate our lives for us. We dictate our own lives. That's the way it has to be. You know, nobody's going to come from nowhere and decide that they're going to fight your battles. You're going to fight your own battles. But fight your battles with the with millions of other Americans. Fight battles, you know, with with uh, the American people. You know, I mean, keep calling your uh, senator, keep calling your representative. Even though a lot of these people they ignore these calls, but they can't ignore millions and millions and millions of calls. You have called uh, your senator. You've called your representative demanding Donald Trump be impeached. But it's not going to happen because Paul Ryan thinks that uh, Donald Trump has a heart. So you could, <laughs> Donald, uh, yeah, and he also thinks that Donald Trump is is not a bad person. I mean, he's said this, okay? But we know better. See, that's why, that's one of the reasons why I said Donald Trump will not be impeached no matter how dastardly this guy is and he is a clown he is a fool he doesn't know what he's doing he he's he he's playing it by numbers and um wow i'm listening i'm listening the cubs just won the their uh second game in the playoffs it's um they're up two games to one and the um Fans at Wrigley Field, they are just erupting. They're up two to one. They're on their way, possibly, back to the Super, not, I'm Super Bowl, I mean World Series. I'm getting this all confused because the Bears are playing tonight. And uh, Cubs win. Cubs win. I'm just hearing that. Cubs win. So that's a great thing. <laughs> we got something going on in the city of Chicago besides crime, right? <laughs> People killing each other. We've got the uh, Cubs. Uh, we got that's one of the greatest things we've got. The Cubs. Cubs win. If anybody out there listening, if anybody out there, and I know you are uh, uh, interested, the Cubs win. And I think it's best of five. I'm not sure, but uh, they do play tomorrow. And uh, uh, it. You know, it may go to five games. It may not go to five games. You know, the Cubs got two more to win, and they can just take this. You know, and I got a feeling they are. One of the things I've always noticed by the Cubs, don't count them out. You don't count them out. These are, these are young men. These are men, uh, young guys with talent up the kazoo. I mean, 
you know, I wish some people in my family had as much talent as some of these guys are. I, I always say everybody has talent. It's just that some people don't know how to release that uh, creativity and they don't care. But the Cubs win, folks. They win. And, and I like, as I was saying last year, and I'm going to say today, these are a great group of young men who are, are making, uh, who have and who are still making Chicago proud. And uh, hopefully they'll go all the way to the Super Bowl for a second consecutive year. That would be so great. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, and we've been talking about some of everything, okay? <laughs> we've been talking about um, how great the weather is in Chicago for, for almost uh, the second week in October, and it is totally beautiful. People are out and about like it's just, like it's June or something in the city of Chicago, and I want to say that I do hope it is beautiful where you are and get out there and enjoy it, okay? Um, uh, just get out there and enjoy it because it's not going to be here for too long. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio.
During an interview with Politico that was posted online this week, White House advisor, White House aide, whatever you want to call her, White House spokesperson maybe, Kellyanne Conway, took a shot at her critics once again. She told Politico that her criti critics were, quote, unhappy people with poison keyboards. I guess what she's trying to say is that they're a bunch of internet trolls going out there just saying mean old things to Kellyanne who really isn't doing anything wrong. She doesn't understand why people are being so mean and horrible to her these days. Now, according to this interview that she gave with Politico, she had explained to her children that, yeah, look, mommy's going to be doing this thing. People are going to come at her. It's going to be you know, pretty ugly sometimes, but just deal with it. To be honest, that is a very good thing to tell your children. Yeah, when you're in the public spotlight, there's going to be the naysayers. But if she took the time to explain that to her children, maybe she should have taken the time to explain to her children that, hey, listen, mommy's going to have to go on TV and lie through her teeth to the American public about things that never happened. She is the one who came up with the term alternative facts. She is the one who invented the Bowling Green massacre that never happened. So I understand nobody likes to get criticized, but Kellyanne, you're inviting this on yourself. The people who criticize you, who call you out, are not unhappy people. I can tell you firsthand, I'm a very happy person. I love my life right now. But I will continue to criticize you anytime you feel the need to go on television and lie to the American public on behalf of Donald Trump. Anytime you make up a fake terrorist attack, we're going to be there as will everybody else online. And it's not because we just dislike you. It's because we don't want you to continue to dumb down the United States. This is our civic duty to hold you and everyone else in your White House accountable. So you may think it's fine to go out there and give these interviews and attack the people who you claim are attacking you. But the truth is, all we're doing is trying to hold you accountable and to be honest, try to undo some of the damage that you're inflicting on the public today. There are Republicans out there in the United States today who, honest to God, believe that the Bowling Green Massacre was a thing, that it happened, that it was carried out by Iraqi immigrants, and that U.S. citizens died as a result of it. And that's all on you, Kellyanne. You're poisoning the public discourse. It's not the, the people who dislike you. They don't have the problems. You do. And you need to learn, and you need to take the time to teach your children that when you screw up, you do get held accountable. When you lie to hundreds of millions of people, they're going to come after you. And the only way you can make it right is to go out and apologize and try to do the right thing from that point forward. That's what you need to learn. But honestly, I don't think you ever will. You're very happy being a, a, a stooge for Donald Trump. You have no problem going out in the media and just literally making things up. It must be nice to live in a world where you don't have to bother with things like research. You can just immediately go out there, say whatever you want. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. You don't care. You just move on to the next interview. While the rest of us have to pick up the pieces and undo the damage that you cause every time you put your face in front of a camera. All righty. Okay, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show. Harvey Weinstein kept it quiet. This is a guy, if you've been watching this stuff or listening to this stuff or maybe paying attention to this stuff about this guy, Harvey Weinstein, this guy, uh, I never knew who he was, but I used to 
what he looked like, actually. But I always knew uh, that he was some sort of Hollywood producer, you know, uh, because I think there was they had a company called or they do have a company called the Weinstein Brothers or something. And they are basically Hollywood producers. This guy is Harvey Weinstein. And they're, they produce some of the movies that you and I watch, go see at, at the shows and stuff like that. Um, uh, so he's a movie producer. He's a big time mogul movie producer, Harvey Weinstein. And his name has been uh, uh, just all over the movies that are being, that have been made. Uh, just about every damn movie out here. I mean, I mean, th there's no doubt. Um, a lot of the Hollywood big heavyweight stars have worked for this guy, Mel Streep. I mean, you, uh, Quentin Tarantino. You name it, because I'm a big Quentin Tarantino fan. I love his movies, and every movie that I, that I have have by him or have seen by Quentin Tarantino. It was produced by the Weinstein Company, Harvey Weinstein. So his name is everywhere pertaining to Hollywood. And now he is caught up, Harvey Weinstein, the producer, Hollywood producer of so many, so many hit movies. He has now been fired from his own company. How do you get fired from your own company? Apparently, he, he's fired from his own company. And um, they're saying that he kept it quiet. And um, it's been all over everywhere. Wow, he was uh, in a headlock. Okay, it was the night before the 2000 presidential election. Harvey Weinstein had a journalist in a headlock. This guy was something. And basically... The reason why he was fired from his own company is is sexual assault. I mean, he's he's been assaulting women sexually, and a lot of women are coming out saying he he's a dog, and one of the reasons why he lost his job. And uh, he's not a producer anymore. So, he, but I'm pretty sure losing his job is not going. He's not, he's not going to be a bum. He's not going to be homeless. He's rich. He's probably a multi-millionaire, if not a billionaire, but still in all, he's fired from his own company. And just about, I mean, if you have a DVD collection and you love movies, go pull out some of those movies and look on the uh, uh, the back jacket of some of those DVD covers and find out who produced the movie. You never know. It might have been this guy. You know, he might have been, it might have been Harvey Weinstein, or it might say the Weinstein Company, especially if you are a uh, Quentin Tarantino fan, because he was one of those big producers that sexually assaulted a lot of actresses. I mean, Ashley Judd for one. And then you have uh, Meryl Streep. Uh, I mean, she's coming out against it. A lot of act actresses, actors, actresses, it doesn't matter which one you use are coming out against him and he's, he was finally fired from his company. And uh, they're saying that Harvey Weinstein has had a long, strange relationship with the media. He's, he's had a long, strange relationship with women. 
that were uh, part of his in his movies, you know, because the producer, if it wasn't for the producer on a movie, there would be no movie. A lot of people think that it's the director. No, the director actually makes the movie. The producer is the one that um, goes out and looks for a director. So the so the, the producer is uh, over the entire uh, production of the movie. Even the director, you know, because producers and writers, they have to go out and find a director to make that particular movie that they want to that they want to make. And Weinstein was a producer, was, I say was, because he is no longer a producer of uh, mega movies because he has been canned. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's all over the, it's, it's all over the, um, uh, uh, internet, there's other stuff on him, and you know, I'm not going to go into the whole shebang about it, but uh, I just don't understand why some men, you know, uh, with lots of money, you know, handsome, young, bright, how in the hell do you, uh, why do you uh, assault women, uh, sexually assault women? You know, that's crazy. You don't have to do that. If you're, <laughs> if you're rich, you're strong, you're handsome, you're young, women are going to come banging down your door. So why go out there and get yourself in trouble by putting your hand somewhere it's not supposed to be on some woman that will not like it? I mean, women will come banging down your door and... For a lot of these people to be caught in these situations, a lot of guys to be caught in these situations, sexually assaulting women, and then the uh, the wrong kinds of women, and then their asses are brought up on charges, they look pretty stupid. You know, it's a lot of women out there who will not take that, and there's some who will, but there's some who will not take it. And again, I, I just don't see it because... Generally, there's more women on the on on the face of the earth than there are men, and of course, women live longer than some men. And uh, you know, it's beautiful women out there who will you know do what you want to do, and you <laughs> you ain't got to sexually assault them, but you can't put you you can't put your hand on the wrong woman, and you can't assault the wrong kinds of women because they would bring your ass up on charges and you will be in lots of trouble. I think it's I think it's allegedly it's allegedly stated that or said that he admitted to some of this or trying to say that he's done some bad things in the past, allegedly. But you know, so I don't know. We just have to wait and see where that goes. But anyway, he's a big time okay, the New York Times released an investigation into Weinstein's alleged sexual misconduct over multiple decades. I mean, he's been doing this for like, whoa, 20, 30 years in the wake of the time story. Many in the, in, many in the wake of the time story, many in the entertainment industry asked why one of the Hollywood's most, the most open secrets has taken so long to come out. The answer is that in both, uh, were, in both words were figurative and visually vividly 
literally, Weinstein had the media in, in a headlock. Whatever the hell that means. Okay, I'm just reading it, uh, not doing a pretty a, a good job of it. But anyway, this guy is uh, allegedly he is he's assaulted all these women. Ashley Judd came out. I mean, uh, J- Ashley Judd thinks she's cute. Well, she was at one point, but she didn't get older. As you as you get older, you lose your looks, and uh, she's probably uh, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Okay. Weinstein was able to apply pressure on the media from different directions. Yeah, well, he had a lot of money. And he was a very, very powerful, powerful force in Hollywood. But he has come down really fast. He has uh, been fired from his own company. Okay, Jamelly Hill suspended from ESPN for two weeks after social media violation. What did she do? Okay, she spoke out against her owner. She spoke out against the owner of the Dallas Cowboys who threatened to bench players for protesting during the national anthem. Um, that's one of the things you cannot do. I mean, if you're working for some, if you're working for a corporation, a media outlet, you have to watch what you post online. You just can't really say what you want. You can actually lose your job. I mean, you could be ruined just by something that you post online. Um, you have, I mean, people may not like your politics. They may hate your politics. But, you know, if you're working in an area um, like ESPN or in MSNBC or some job in general, if your supervisor find out that you've posted something negative about something, it doesn't have to be about your job. It doesn't have to, it could be, you can post something negative about President Trump or Pence, and it could be true. Uh, employers are looking for anything that they can to suspend you uh, or get you fired for, for posting, you know? Uh, so that's why I think a lot of people on Facebook be careful about what you post because if you're working, you can lose your job. And if you're looking for a job, you may not even be able to get one because somebody will say, well, he posted that online last week. What? You know, so you have to uh, watch what you post online. And it's, it's sad. Uh, there is a such thing as freedom of speech, but still in all, people will find a way to fire you, even if they don't tell you that they're firing you because of what you posted, you know. And you, one of the things you don't want to see nobody lose their jobs because of what they might have said on Facebook or Twitter or some other place, you know, but it's real. It is, it is so real. So Jamelly Hill is suspended from ESPN for two weeks after social media violation. Okay, so she violated uh, something in her contract probably about posting online. She spoke out against the owner of the Dallas Cowboys who threatened to bench, okay, we read this one, players for protesting during the national anthem. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's freedom of speech. A lot of these organizations don't uh, don't uh, recognize uh, the First Amendment. They really don't. And uh, she criticized Trump. She had a big thing about Trump. Trump blasted her back. And I was, I was on her side. I was saying, hey, wow, you know, uh, but then, but then she goes off and says something else, and uh, uh, 
it gets her in trouble. It gets her in trouble. And I'm pretty sure that Trump, uh, Donald Trump likes the fact that she's been suspended because that's what he's been trying to get them to do is suspend her uh, because she said some, some things about Donald Trump that were true and they wanted her suspended. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Jones. There is no question in my mind that the NFL and the Dallas Cowboys are going to stand. According to ESPN, Hills tweets violated employees contract or something or other. Yeah. You can't invite, you cannot violate your contract or whatever. I mean, people, anybody can make a contract, you know, <laughs> if you sign it, you got to, you got to uh, adhere to it because a contract, as they say, is a binding agreement, is a legal document uh, for some, I guess. But uh, you can't really uh, go against your uh, your contract that you sign, and you know you weren't supposed to do that because it's in your it's in your contract. So maybe they have the rights to, to suspend her. You know, so so that's to me, it's a um, curtailing of her freedom of speech, you know, so, but she, it was in her contract and she's becoming famous just because of what she's saying about the national anthem and kneeling. And she's becoming famous for uh, lambasting Trump because I've never heard of her. I mean, I don't too much deal with ESPN. Uh, every time I hear anything about ESPN, it's always negative. They're laying people off or somebody's getting fired or, you know, and it's not the powerhouse that it used to be because a lot of the ratings are down. And that's true. That's not just Trump saying that ratings are down, I'm hearing. So I just wish her the best. Two weeks, she, <laughs> she could take up two weeks and think about it. All right, Meryl Streep slams Harvey Weinstein. I mean, she talks about him, too, and uh, I think Meryl Streep, she's the actress, okay? She's an actress. I think she's such a beautiful lady with a beautiful attitude and a beautiful heart, and uh, hopefully one day I can get her on the show, and we can uh, uh, talk about some things. And, um, yeah, uh, Jamel Hill, she once said that Donald Trump was a white supremacist, and she got away with that, but now she doesn't seem like she's going to get away with this. Okay, this is a quote from Meryl Streep. Okay. And everybody knew that I didn't believe all the investigative reporters in the inter- in entertainment. Streep applauded the women who have bravely spoken out about Weinstein. I do too. I think that's great because he was wrong and he may have admitted it that he was wrong. And well, they are um um they fired him. Okay, Weinstein has been fired from his role at the company, the Weinstein Company, after an explosive report in the uh, New York Times. Yep, it's all over the place. So I've got movies in my collection with his name on it, that he's a producer, especially my uh, Quentin Tarantino movies, Kill Bill and just about uh, – the the hateful eight. I mean, he's produced all of uh, Quentin Tarantino's movies, and suddenly he's been raping women, assaulting women as long as he's been uh, a part of this company, and that's a shame. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, allegedly. <laughs> uh, okay.
from what they tell me, from what I'm reading. Okay. Uh, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, and it's been so fun. So much fun, <laughs> if I can say it. Hey there, friends and fans. This is George Wilder Jr. of the George Wilder Jr. Show. <laughs> I want you to enjoy my fictional writings located on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, the website is www.amazon.com slash author slash gwilder or, or go to the Amazon website and type my name in the text bar above to either order or download a book, a story, essays, novels, novelettes, whatever you want to do. And I want to thank yeah, you very much for stuff. that. And as always, good reading. This is George yeah, Wilder Jr. Reading. And keep listening. There's keep listening. always more to come. All There's right, thank you, everybody. always more to come. Thank you, everybody. I'm Keith Olbermann, and this is The Resistance. He is now almost certainly, almost unavoidably, the soon-to-be future ex-president of the United States. That first draft of the James Comey firing letter, that story that got suitably buried by the hurricane and DACA and North Korea, that first draft should be the end. It may take two years to get there, or two hours, but it is the end. The original draft of the Comey letter that Trump and Stephen Miller reportedly wrote, four pages reportedly full of anger over Russia and details of Trump's many meetings with Comey, means that the firing is no longer just likely obstruction of justice, it is likely premeditated obstruction of justice. With a paper trail. And special counsel Robert Mueller has a copy. But wait, there's more. It's actually worse even than that. It's essentially premeditated obstruction of justice in the White House, in the Oval Office, by the president to stop an investigation of the president's campaign and his transition team and his administration and ultimately himself. And there was apparently a warning to the president by the White House counsel not to do it because the word reportedly used was, it's problematic. The White House counsel, Mr. McGahn, seems to have warned the president not to send the letter, not to fire the FBI director, not to do it. And he reportedly also took a copy of the letter and marked it up and gave it back to Stephen Miller with, quote, several sections that he believed needed to be removed. And for all we know, he may as well have used the phrase obstruction of justice. 
And then the president fired Comey anyway. And all of a sudden, there were different reasons for firing him. And all of a sudden, there was this other letter written by the deputy attorney general, which seems to have been rushed into existence to cover up the real reason he fired the FBI director anyway. And there's a paper trail. And Robert Mueller has the original letter. And there are witnesses. Because Trump reportedly read or described the letter in the White House, in the Oval Office, on the 8th of May, to the White House counsel, Don McGahn, to the vice president, to the senior advisor, Hope Hicks, to Jared Kushner, and to the fired chief of staff, Reince Priebus, and they are all screwed too. Unless that is the New York Times, the Washington Post, and Rupert Murdoch's Wall Street Journal are all not merely wrong, but have all fabricated a story, the same story. Trump is guilty of obstruction of justice, and in writing that letter, Trump has in essence already confessed to it. He is now almost certainly, almost unavoidably, the soon-to-be future ex-president of the United States. The main problem for Trump is that all these people who reportedly saw or heard about that letter that day, the vice president and the White House counsel included among them, could now be subject to being questioned in front of the grand jury. If White House counsel McGahn is asked, Did you tell the president he had to change that letter because firing Comey for those reasons would be a crime? And McGahn says, yes, then Trump is in desperate trouble. As the long-term former federal prosecutor Renato Mariotta put it on Twitter, if Trump did it anyway, that would be slam-dunk evidence of a corrupt intent. And McGahn can't refuse to testify, and Trump cannot keep him from testifying by claiming executive privilege or attorney-client privilege, because nearly 20 years ago, another special counsel got a court to rule that government attorneys can't avoid grand jury questions about government officials having potentially committed criminal acts. The special counsel who got that established was Ken Starr, and the loser in that case was Bill Clinton. As the former prosecutor, Mariotti, also noted, if the White House counsel says, I didn't tell him it was illegal, I didn't think it was illegal, I just didn't like the tone of the letter, Trump could actually be in the clear here unless unless any of the other people in the room contradict him when they testify to the grand jury without knowing how anybody else in the room testified themselves to the grand jury. Or unless they produce that marked-up copy of the letter McGahn gave back to Stephen Miller, telling him he had to take out these paragraphs and those paragraphs, and those paragraphs aren't about tone, but they're about Russia. In the worst-case scenario, the president and his senior advisor, Miller, started a plan to illegally dismiss the FBI director, and they left a paper trail. Then the White House counsel learned of this plan, tried to stop it, left his own paper trail, and may have to wind up testifying against the president. Because then somebody decided to start another conspiracy with the deputy attorney general to come up with an excuse letter with which to dismiss the FBI director anyway, so the acting deputy attorney general is in it too, and just for good measure they ran it past Hope Hicks, Stephen Miller, Jared Kushner, Rance Priebus, everybody else they could find, and all of them got conspiracy stains all over them. And of course they also did that to the vice president. As a right-wing commentator for the Washington Post, Jennifer Rubin noted, Attention will soon focus on the vice president. What did he hear? Did he know the proffered reason for the termination was phony? And if so, did he knowingly mislead Congress and the American people when he advanced the cover story? Mr. Pence, 
who seems to have skated away just before the ice cracked under General Mike Flynn, could for the first time be in a world of hurt of his own here. He could easily be a grand jury witness testifying against the president's White House counsel or the president's son-in-law or the president. It is entirely plausible that Pence's only way out of this mess that Trump created with the first draft of the Comey letter could easily become turning on Trump. And that's if he had no idea that the White House counsel was furiously trying to stuff the toothpaste back into Trump's tube. And, oh, by the way, another little detail that kind of got lost in the more obvious, more hateful stories about Trump and the hurricane and Trump and North Korea and Trump and DACA is that Trump's security guy of nearly two decades, his permanent body man, his advisor, his gatekeeper, an ex-New York cop named Keith Schiller, up and quit over the weekend, supposedly because he missed the money and his old lifestyle, an old lifestyle which has involved Trump and more money, and his old lifestyle which has involved Trump and more money, and Trump and more money, every day since 1999. So I don't know how leaving Trump gets him back to his old Trump lifestyle. But you know who delivered the letter to Comey's office when Trump fired him, right? The same guy, Keith Schiller. But it's just a coincidence. Like it was a coincidence that just before all this broke, Trump's lawyers went to Mueller's office and slimed Comey as an unreliable witness and explained why Trump wasn't guilty of obstruction of justice. Like it was a coincidence that out of the blue last Friday, Trump suddenly slimed Comey and talked about a rigged system on Twitter after months of ignoring both topics. Like it was a coincidence that the president reportedly wrote a furious long letter telling the FBI director he was firing him for apparently not publicly clearing him about Russia. Then coincidentally, the White House counsel saw it. And the next thing you knew, there was a really short coincidental firing letter. And presto, there was also another coincidence, a letter from the attorney general deputy about how bad an FBI director, the FBI director, was. Oh, and the vice president being in the middle of this. Also a coincidence. As the punchline to a joke that's at least 30 years old goes, coincidence? I think not. Two years or two hours, I don't know anymore, but he is the soon-to-be future ex-president of the United States. And I wouldn't need long odds to bet against Mike Pence as well. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. It is all about making the world a better place. Join me.
All right, Joe Scarbelt. Joe Scarbelt. The George Wilder Jr. show is now uh, on the air. Yeah. It. All right, Joe Scarbelt of the uh, of NBC, MSNBC, is saying that Donald Trump doesn't realize how much damage he did to his presidency when he attacked Senator Bob Corker, Republican from Tennessee. Trump doesn't realize how much damage he's caused to cause to America, period. But this is negative. This is negative. Yeah, he uh, Trump attacked a senator. Uh, I, one of the things that's dumb that Trump does so stupefiedly or dumbly is that he attacks, he's, he lashes out at people in his own party, people that he's going to need their votes in the future if he wants to get anything legislative, legislatively done in Congress. Now, there are so many people in Congress, Republicans and Democrats, they can't stand Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is too dumb to know that. They cannot stand this man. I mean, majority of the American people can't stand this man. And Mike Pence, he's a clown too. Uh, but the but they are too dumb to know that, or they won't realize that, or they will not accept it. They're gonna have to step accept it soon, especially at the ballot box in 2018. They're gonna really feel it then. You know, so calling Donald Trump uh, dumb, stupid, ignorant, a baby, a crybaby, a child, a little boy with little hands, you know, I mean, we all know that. I mean, that's been covered before. And I've said this a thousand times. Nothing whatsoever surprises me about Donald Trump anymore. If he actually did go out and shoot somebody on Third Avenue, it would not surprise me. Nothing surprises me anymore about Donald Trump. You know, a lot of people say this and say that Donald Trump did this. He, it doesn't surprise me. Some things may shock me, but after a while, <laughs> I get over it and say, hey, wow, it's just Donald Trump being Donald Trump, who is totally unfit and, uh, for the job that he has. And there's been people all over the place. Well, Donald Trump is going to resign. Donald Trump is going to quit. Donald Trump is not resigning. Donald Trump is not quitting because in his mind, uh, he's not a quitter in his mind. You know, he doesn't care how much he's hated. Donald Trump is not only hated in the United States. He's hated uh, across the spectrum. He's people don't like him uh, and uh, leaders from other countries don't like him. So Donald Trump has a lot of don't like that he has to uh, deal with. And the problem here is Donald Trump, he knows people that don't like him. His, his, uh, the, those folks in his circle, the White House, his, uh, all of his uh, flunkies, they know that the American people don't like him. But Donald Trump, he doesn't give a damn. He doesn't care. He doubles down on his stupidity, you know. And that's one of the things maybe surprising me about Donald Trump is when he does something or says something dumb or ignorant, he comes back the next day and he doubles down on it. That may surprise me. <laughs> you know, I say, wow, the guy is digging. He's in a hole and yet he's digging it, digging a hole deeper. Donald Trump. Now, that surprises me because 
if you're in a hole and you start digging it deeper, I mean, what are you, stupid or what? You know, you, you don't dig deeper. You try to, you know, get pull yourself up out of that hole and, and fill that hole. You don't just go dig deeper, deeper, deeper down. This is what Donald Trump does. And if Donald Trump is doing that to, to himself, he's doing it to America because we all know that when he goes abroad, he's so embarrassing. But he doesn't think he's embarrassing. The people who are kissing his ass in the White House, they don't think he's embarrassing. But the majority of the American people thinks he's embarrassing. So there's nothing whatsoever that is um, surprising uh, to me about Donald Trump. Uh, I mean, whatever he says, he does. And what if, you know, whatever, it's Donald Trump. I mean, I'm going to continue to talk about it. I'm going to continue to uh, do other things uh, to try to get what, what he's done out. But the media is doing a good job. And I want to say uh, something else about Donald Trump calling the media fake news. He only calls the media fake news. It's when the media um, reports something about him that he doesn't like, even though it's true. So it's fake. Uh, Donald Trump is a fake president. I mean, I mean, if you go and look into his Trump Tower, some of the buildings that he owns, there's a, if they haven't taken it down, there's a photograph up there of Donald Trump. Uh, it appears like he's on the cover of a Time magazine. That's phony. Time said they had nothing to do with that. That's fake. So obviously he throwing around the word fake and there's no bigger fake than Donald Trump himself. All right, you've been listening to the uh to <laughs> you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. show on Blog Talk Radio. It is 704 straight up um Chicago time, uh PM Chicago. I mean it's it's dark outside now, but it's a pretty, pretty, pretty uh great day in the city of Chicago weather wise. And I want to say once again, folks, the Cubs won. They won. And it looks like they may be going back, returning, if they can hold on. I mean, this is a good team they're playing. But uh, if they can hold on and, and, you know, win the next two games, you know, it's possibility. That's a greater possibility of them going back to the World Series for the second time. They went in 2016. They may be going back in 2017. I know it's a lot of you Cubs fans out there. I know you love the Cubs, and I know you thinking that they're going to go back to the World Series. Hey, I'm thinking it too. But we got, but they have a game tomorrow, and they have, I, I believe they have one, uh, another one further down the road with this team. And I'm thinking it, it's best, it's the best out of five. So they, no, they're going to play seven games. Uh, yes, the best out of seven. I'm, I'm thinking, but I, if that's wrong, I'm going to check that out. But anyway, the Cubs won. Uh, for everybody out there who don't know that. Uh, for the people around the world, yeah, Chicago has something else besides crime. We have a great, great uh, young, energetic baseball team of young men with great talent. <laughs> I mean, these guys can hit the ball. They have great talent. And they won. So uh, uh, hooray for the Cubs. They're still saying Cubs win, Cubs win. I'm hearing it uh, behind me. Cubs win, Cubs win. <laughs> So uh, that's a great thing. And, and when the Cubs, when, and when they won tonight, I mean, you should have heard the fans. I think there was about forty to 50,000 fans in the seats at Wrigley Field. And they were just going crazy uh, when the Cubs finally, finally won this game. It was two to one. 
And uh, the other team that they were playing, I mean, they were no slouch because if they were slouches, they would have not been in the playoffs. So they were no slouch. So the Cubs had their hands filled. At the beginning of the game, it was a pitching duel. I mean, they were just striking people out on both sides. They were just striking them out left and right. And suddenly, uh-oh, Cubs, uh, they came back to win it, actually. they First they tied it up, and then they came back to win it. So the Cubs win this one, and it's great. It's a great thing. So there's more about Chicago than Chicago's crime. This is a beautiful city. It's a wonderful city. It's an expensive city to live in. So if you're going to live in Chicago, bring your paycheck. Bring your bank account. <laughs> it's totally expensive. And uh, But it's a great town. It's a great uh Beautiful town. Downtown is gorgeous. The skyline is gorgeous. Buckingham, Buckingham, pa, Buckingham Fountain. Excuse me. Buckingham Fountain is gorgeous. You've got the magnificent mile. It, it's a beautiful town. You got the north side. You get the west side. You know, it's just a beautiful, beautiful town. We have crime just like anybody else. Um, but basically, the Cubs have put Chicago on the map. The Bears play tonight. Yeah, I'm, this is not a sports show, folks. I'm just just uh, mentioning that the Bears play tonight. They're they're going to be on network television, and hopefully they won't embarrass Chicago tonight uh, nationally, all over the world. Everybody's going to be watching the Bears tonight. And uh, please don't embarrass Chicago, Chicago Bears. (laughs) uh, They're going to be starting a new quarterback, Mitch Trebinsky. Okay, he was the second-string quarterback until – Mike Glennon screwed up, and so now they're putting in Mitch Trebinsky, and he's eager to play. I mean, every interview that I've seen him in, this guy is eager, eager to play. So that's what's going on in Chicago. we got some great sports teams, so don't – when you hear about somebody getting shot, I mean, it's, it's a serious thing, but Chicago is more about more than just murders and crime because murder – Murders and crime can happen anywhere to anybody, any state, any town around the world. We just, we have police, we have a de- police department to try and deal with that. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It is 7.08 straight up Chicago time. I think I, we will be right back. We're going to do this. Let's see what, what we got here. Okay, one-on-one. We're going to do Mm, this one here. Ron, Ron I don't know, we're going to have a little more fun tonight about this crazy name calling, but my God, this is yeah. much more important. According to a bombshell new report from the Washington Post, Donald Trump has actually been asking his advisors and his legal team about his pardoning powers regarding himself, his family, and members of his staff. Now, according to the source uh, from the Washington Post, this doesn't mean that Donald Trump is walking around saying, I can't wait to pardon myself. But the fact that he's even wondering how far his pardoning powers extend tells us that there's probably a reason he wants to know who and when he can pardon people. Um, Look, as a former member of the W. Bush administration pointed out, this makes you look super guilty. And that's absolutely correct. You don't ask people how to pardon yourself or your family unless you expect to have to use those powers. Now, it might be just a little inkling that you have to use them, but if you have that inkling, then you also understand 
that there probably are some potential crimes that Robert Mueller, the special prosecutor is going to uncover during his investigation. Now asking about the pardoning powers is only part of this Washington Post story. Uh, the Trump administration is also apparently launching a massive counter attack on Bob Mueller himself and his team of investigators asking his staff, his lawyers to dig up all of the dirt that they possibly can on the people who are currently investigating the Trump administration. Their goal is to undermine these investigators by bringing up anything that they have in their past that might paint them in a negative light. It's exactly what Fox news typically does when a black youth in the United States is shot rather than using a picture of them looking normal. They try to find the most uh, uh, disgusting, horrible picture they can find and put that up on screen. That is exactly what the Trump administration is trying to do to (laughs) these investigators. Um, Probably not going to work. Everybody in this country, at least the majority of them already think that you're probably guilty of something here. And this doesn't even necessarily tie in uh, to the Russian stuff. Donald Trump understands that Mueller is going to go through his finances now. And that is what is driving Donald Trump crazy because there's no telling who is involved in any of that, where the money's going, where the money's coming from, and what kind of deals he or his family members may have made to help put him in office. This investigation goes far beyond Russia. And to be honest, if we're going to have any chance of impeaching Trump, it's not going to be for anything involving Russia other than perjury. That is the key there. Um, So anyway, that's where we're at with all of this. That's the Trump administration. He wants to pardon himself. He wants to pardon his family and his staff. And he wouldn't be having those thoughts if he didn't think for a second that this special prosecutor is going to come up with some kind of dirt on him or his family or his staff. And here's another little interesting part of the story. Um, A president can actually only pardon someone after they've been convicted. So if Trump were to get convicted of something, he would actually then lose his pardoning powers and no longer be able to pardon anyone. Furthermore, if Trump is not convicted, but other people are, and he pardons them, those people then lose their fifth amendment protection meaning that they will be called to testify and they will not be allowed legally to not answer the questions. It's a lose-lose situation for Donald Trump right now. And I have to say, that's exactly what this man deserves. If you like, if you've ever been in an argument with an avid Donald Trump supporter, you will very quickly find out that these people have no idea what they're talking about when they defend the president. Usually they'll revert to some kind of tactic of, ah, liberals are stupid. You snowflake, go find your safe space. That's about all they can do. They'll say that, oh, you're being funded by George Soros. Cause that's also another common Republican talking point. But here's the thing. This is what Republicans all around this country have to be willing to admit at this point. You Republican voters out there voted for a very pathetic loser to be our president of the United States. There is no other way to say that at this point, Donald Trump is pathetic. He is whiny and he's a loser. Yeah. He won the electoral vote, whatever you can win things and still be a loser though. And that's what Donald Trump is. His response to hurricane Harvey 
is the latest example of what a horrible human being Donald Trump truly is. All of his uh, uh, policies that he's gone along with and want, wanting Republicans to push about taking away money uh, from after school programs to give it a tax cut to the rich, that's pathetic and that's disgusting. And that's what you voted for. In the last seven and a half months, Donald Trump has killed more civilians in the Middle East than Barack Obama did in eight years. That's from the latest reports coming out of what's going on in those wars that a lot of us forget even are going on right now that Donald Trump is in charge of. Donald Trump is having our military overseas kill civilians. Again, disgusting. But Trump voters don't seem to understand that. And yes, I understand Donald Trump is losing support among some Republicans, but there are plenty of hardcore people out there who refuse to accept the truth. I've seen a lot of Republicans come out and say, I do not support him anymore. This man is horrible. I was duped. I was lied to. I fell for it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said to give Donald Trump a chance once he was elected. I regret that. That's from both Democrats and Republicans at this point. But those people who refuse to step up and admit that Donald Trump is probably the worst possible human being alive in the United States that we could have elected to be our president. Those are the people that have to understand that they were pawns and they still are. Do you think the Republican party actually cares about you? Well, if you're not donating millions of dollars to super PACs or their campaigns, they don't, they don't care if you drink poisoned water because they let corporations dump all their toxic chemicals into it. They don't care that you can't breathe clean air because we're letting corporations spew as much CO2 in the atmosphere as possible. They don't care that you don't have clean water because we're not going to put in new pipes. We're going to let you drink out of contaminated, deteriorating lead pipes. They don't care that your children are failing school because they can't afford glasses. They don't care that you can't go to the doctor because you can't afford health insurance. They don't care. And the sooner you wake up and admit that you voted for a loser, the sooner we as a country can pick up the pieces and move on and try to fix things. But as long as we have these Trump holdovers, those people who refuse to accept reality, we are constantly be it either by the president of the United States or members of the house of representatives or the Senate, We're going to be living with a faction of this country trying to hold us back, hold us down and take us backwards because that is exactly what these people who refuse to admit that Donald Trump is a horrible president are doing to this country. And it's what they're going to continue doing to this country until they finally open their eyes and admit that they were wrong. If you're thinking about subscribing to our channel, I strongly encourage you to do that. But if you're thank you for that. All right. You've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, and it's been just super. Here we go.
Alright, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio out of the city of Chicago, the state of Illinois. Folks, we are in some trying times. We are in some dark times. We must fight for an America without hate. We must fight for an America without bigotry. We must fight for an America without racism. We must fight for our rights. We must fight to continue to be Americans. Some of those rights are being threatened, taken away. But we have to get out here and fight the good fight. You know, and it has to be done, folks. It has to be in a non-violent way. We know how to do things non-violently. So let's go out and make our voices heard, fighting non-violently. Alright, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. It is 718 straight up Chicago time. And it is it's just like a fresh of fresh of air to be back on the radio again, back on the show again. We were I was well we were off for three days as usual. We were on Monday through Thursday from six o'clock to seven thirty PM longer. Depends on what's going on. <laughs> it has to be exciting. It has to be something going on. And we could be on for until 8 o'clock, 8.30. I mean, we're just having fun on the show. That's what it's all about. The George Walter Jr. show is all about having fun. And that's uh, what it's what's it about. And making the world a better place. I cannot ever forget that. Making the world a better place one show at a time. Hate has no home here. You guys, be nice to one another. Stop bitching. Stop arguing. It's it, it it takes away too much of too much energy. You could be putting somewhere else and using it in a evil way. Um, if you are still talking about what you did yesterday, then you haven't done much today. <laughs> All right, you've been listening to to the George Wilder Jr. Show. There's something I wanted to. Uh, one of my Facebook friends, she put something up, and I want to read it. Drive by. Insane hate, bigotry, bigotry, greed, revenge. A picture of Donald Trump is up here. Unacceptable qualities of America. I totally agree. She put up some nice stuff. She's a very good friend. And uh, let's see. <laughs> they have something up here saying, presidenting for dummies. <laughs> I guess that's a shot at Donald Trump. But it, it, it was funny, so that's why I had to do that. The greatest threats to America are Donald Trump, his staff, his family, his, his administration, his Nazi buddies, and a and the Republican Party. Okay, Scott Durkin or something to that effect. And yeah, I've I've seen that stated uh, on social media a lot. The greatest threat to America are Donald Trump, his staff his family, his administration, Nazi buddies, and the Republican Party. Yeah, the greatest uh, threat to America is our president. And it just seems so ironic that Congress can't seem to do anything about it. I don't think they want to do anything about it. Uh, I'm Some of these guys and girls in Congress, they act as if they're afraid of Donald Trump. Oh, my God, Donald Trump is going to say something awful. He's going to tweet. I I think 
some of these people are just downright afraid of him. He insults the 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 senators and representatives who are in his own party. He insults them. Uh, Donald Trump thinks he's the greatest man ever. He doesn't seem to realize or doesn't want to realize that he is a servant of the people. But these Republicans, they don't think that way. They think that we are their servants. And this is how dumb Donald Trump is. We are not his servants. Whether we voted for this guy or not, and I did vote for him, I did not vote for him, uh, he is still uh, a servant of all Americans. But he can't seem to realize that. The idiots that surround him, they can't seem to realize that. His administration, the haters, uh, the white supremacists, the racists, all of this stuff, all of these elements are in the White House. You know, I mean, they have totally, totally, in my view, and in a lot of other Americans' views, they have totally trashed the Oval Office. Uh, Donald Trump has said one day, allegedly said that the, uh, the White House was uh, was a dump. Uh, and he did not that he said it, okay? We, we all know what Donald Trump is like. We all know who he is. So there is no... <laughs> There is no debate in in asking if he said this or not. We know he said it, you know, because that's Donald Trump, you know. And said 80% of the American people don't trust Trump. They don't like him. They don't like him in the Democratic Party. They don't like him in the Republican Party. How is this man still standing? He's damaged the presidency. He's damaged America. He's damaged America and embarrassed America around the damn world. How is this man still standing? He's he's making things a lot worse. This man, when he ran for office and said he was going to make the world a better, uh, make America great again, he lied. He lied and conned his way into this office. Uh, uh, and the gullible and the stupid and the uneducated voted his ass in. Because... They thought that he was going to do so much for them, and he has, hasn't done a damn thing. In his, in his campaigns, in his, at his rallies, he was saying he's going to do this for those folks. He's going to do this. Everybody's going to have health care. Everybody's going to be, have jobs. This man hasn't done crack. This, jobs have been lost this month. Uh, the, there are more job losses this month in seven years. Seven years. But do you think Trump is going to take the blame for job losses? No way. He's going to blame it on Obama or Hillary. He's going to blame, throw the blame somewhere. we Democrats. He's not going to blame himself because that's something he doesn't do. He doesn't take the blame for anything, even if it's his, even if he is the blame of it, blame for it. He's not going to take, he's not going to take the blame and he's not going to apologize even if he should apologize. These are things that he doesn't do. And we're all asking, uh, for, and um, we can't forget the Russian uh, investigation into this mess. This is why Donald Trump distract us, uh, from, from a, uh, distract us from the Russia mess uh, because he's, he's uh, too busy uh, coming up with some other crap that we're going to, to let us bite on while the Republicans in Congress are, are screwing Screwing around with our health care. 
so and uh, the question it will always be asked <laughs> when will the republican grow some balls and get rid of this guy i mean if democrats were in charge he would have been impeached already he would have been and you got paul ryan going around saying that trump has a heart he means well <laughs> you think uh, if i told my supervisor that I, I couldn't do my job. I didn't know anything about my job, but I meant well. You think they're not going to fire me because at least I, I meant well. I'm losing money for them. I'm losing, uh, they're losing customers because of me, but they're going to keep me there because I mean well. Give me a break. Join me tomorrow.
you've been doing your homework. Ha, <laughs> ha, 